Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be really emotional. There is no loss for being honest. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. The responsibility we feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. I'm scared of the friendship. Taking a breath. Just talk. Shame and guilt. Vulnerabilities. <laughs> that was about to be What does it really mean to be friends? We trust the real work that we do is overcoming our insecurities every day and learning how to love more. It has examples of the change we want to see in the world. Just talk. taking a breath. So if we just take a breath. Well, my face is on fire from the doctors. <laughs> To have healthier relationships with women, they need healthier relationships with other men. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. So I'm in an open relationship with my husband, and my husband and I sold our house ten months ago. We have twins that are four years old, we travel around the world, and this is my boyfriend. Hi! <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Amory. Uh, I love this one. Kyle and I uh, recorded this episode when we were in the Netherlands and we hadn't seen each other in a while and it was a kind of a, a nice intense time of catch up. And uh, when he listened back through it before we published this, he's like, oh, it's just like two nerds in love. <laughs> And I'm like, that says everything about who we are together. Um, these are this conversation that we recorded is pretty much how we talk all the time. Like if you joined us and overheard a conversation of ours over dinner, it would be like this conversation. So please join us over coffee or over dinner. Uh, we talk about our uh, always our healing that we've done together, our upcoming travels, um, a lot about power, actually, and vulnerability and um, values and switching our values. This is just like chock full of stuff. <laughs> we do jump around quite a bit, but I trust that you'll follow us and uh, that there's something in here for you. Thanks again and enjoy. <sighs> mm. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Megan. <laughs> so we're sitting here in a town called Maastricht in the Netherlands. And uh, Kyle and I have been here for, this is our fourth day, we leave this morning, and we're in the cutest little, <clears throat> excuse me, the cutest little Airbnb that's, it's literally like a hotel room, and uh, we've been kind of holed up here for a little bit. It's been rainy, but we've rode our, we rode our bikes in the rain and uh, did yoga. It's been super rainy romantic, and now the day we leave, it's ridiculously sunny. <laughs> That's yeah. the Netherlands. I know. You never know what you're going to get. No. And I've been to this town, this is my third time. And I feel like I, I was here with my friends from Germany, and there's something about the Netherlands that I've always really liked. I think there's like a, yeah, there's like a romantic, calm, very, I don't know, this beautiful, the, the towns that they have. And there's like very old churches and mm -hmm. what is it like the stone? Yeah, the cobblestone streets. Cobblestone streets and there's bridges and rivers and yeah, everybody bikes. And, I, I and, love that. I have loved biking. Oh my God. It's so yeah, it's so cool. It's such a culture. So I feel like in when we were in Brazil, we had this moment together of running down the beach in the rain <laughs> yeah. and that was beautiful. So that was like iconic from our time in Brazil together. And here, the iconic moment is looking over at you, like riding our bikes in the, yeah, in the rain. <laughs> it's always in the rain. <laughs> yeah. You gotta work on that. Yeah, exactly. Ready for Spain and sun, but for right now. Um, I'm getting over a cold. Hopefully I'm getting over it. So I'm a little stuffed up, sniffly. I feel like I have to say that just because it's on my mind. Get it out. <laughs> and I say um and ah, uh, according to our, <laughs> our tech guy was... Really oh, yeah. working hard to oh, cut God. those out. Marty. Sorry, Marty. I haven't practiced. And if I think about it, it probably will not even be better. So. Yeah, no, don't think about it. <laughs> right. So joke about it. Just talk. Mar so it. Marty says people say um or ah when they should be taking a breath. So if we just take a breath and oh, breathe, which is your thing, which is a good, and not feel like we have to force segue. anything out, it's just breathe. <laughs> Right. So, Marty, I do listen, and thank you. Oh my God, what an act of service, an act of love, editing our episodes out of with the ums and ahs. 
I love you. And thank you, Marty, for this week. Oh my God. I'm yeah. very grateful. I feel like I've really needed this time with you to be alone mm, mm -hmm. and have peace and catch up time. Yeah. We both have gone through a lot, as you may have seen on the <laughs> recent episode, which I, you know, was a loving witness from afar watching, you know, you go through that, but then watching you work through it in real time and, and, you know, hyper speed of working through this, but then going out and sharing it. And that yeah. to me was really impressive, Megan. Mm. And I told you that, and I mean it, that it was, yeah, it was the authentic self, the person that I, I love. And I think someone that really inspires other people and, I know people will take that in and it will affect them and um, it will make them think about what what is going on in their own life mm. because a lot of us experience things but we don't have a place to share it and I think the feedback we're all getting is about vulnerability and courage and I don't even know what that means like I don't I don't see other I don't have other models I think of vulnerability and courage mm -hmm. so I think when I do it and it inspires someone or you do it, I think we're kind of figuring out what that yeah. means. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's leaning into something that doesn't feel good. <laughs> oh my God. It, it feels scary as shit. It's, yeah. <laughs> that last episode was really, really hard for me to record. And at the same time, I, I, I do feel so proud for putting myself out there and for sharing what I'm learning when it's really, really fresh still. And a little bit of me was like, Oh God, was I too, I don't want to trigger people, you know, and I think listening to somebody go through a hard moment of learning can be triggering if, you know, if they resonate with that. And at the same time, it also can provide, it can be like a, a trail of breadcrumbs to say, Hey, even though you can feel really bad, even though you can have, you can have mistakes, you can have these really tough moments. There's it's, it can be used for fuel for growth. And Marty reminded me that as we were going through everything and then your feedback for me saying that the vulnerability, you know how hard it is for me to be that vulnerable and uh, getting your feedback just made it, it, it was fantastic. So, And I didn't really know when you, when you shared the episode, I didn't know necessarily what you recorded. You just said this was really hard and, um, but we did it and we finished it and here's the episode and you <laughs> sent it to me before you published it and mm -hmm. You know, I was listening to it like an audience member, <laughs> you know, and, and I kept being like, go, Megan, keep going. Oh. You know, that was <laughs> that was the best part because I and I I didn't expect you to go as far as you mm -hmm. did, which was really everything, everything yeah. that you experienced. And um, and Marty was a great support and guide in that. But but you did the work. Mm, and thank you. I found it really, really valuable. And I um, and I love you. Thank you. I, I get my insecurities that flare afterwards, but it's, I think Brene Brown calls it a vulnerability hangover. Mm. <laughs> and I, I, the first time I heard her say that, I was like, oh my God, I know what that feels like. <laughs> That's like you put yourself totally out there. And then afterwards it's like, oh, what wait, do? what did I do? <laughs> yeah. What did I do? I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> but we, we can't take those moments back. And we, you know, and it's not about that. I think it's just about being able to just sit with it and God, thank you, Brene Brown. That's all I got to say. I'll put a link in the show notes for some of her TED Talks um, that have been so helpful. And if you haven't read Brene Brown, oh, please do, or just at least watch her TED Talks. She's, it's amazing. And what I love about her is that she's not only vulnerable, but she also, um, she has all the research behind it too. So it's someone that did the research and then is like, oh shit, I did all this research and here's what I learned. And oh my God, this, I'm not doing this. And now I've got to put this into practice. And that's what I love about her because then she does. <laughs> A really wise man once told me that there's three ways that we learn. One is by books uh, and essentially other people uh, and what they've you know written. And then the second one is experiences. And the third is our intuition, which oh. I still like try to wrap my brain around how do we learn from our intuition. But I, I understand it, but I don't think I could explain it. So I won't <laughs> go there. But I think the difference with Brene Brown is reading the book, mm -hmm. The Power of Vulnerability. I read that and it really resonated with me. But then to feel that the power of the mm -hmm. vulnerability and Marty talks about it in the way of saying, you know, you can't take anything from the naked man, which resonates every time. It's mm -hmm. like I'm everything about me is 
uh, out there. So I really am hiding nothing. And what I can feel good about is that whoever comes into my life, and I've had new people come into my life and, and a lot more, a lot healthier relationships start to like flow in, in my life. And I would say a lot of that's just, they're getting the real me and it's all out there. Mm. And so there isn't like any, um, yeah, there isn't any motivation for me to do anything outside of myself. Um, because I think what I'm attracting is people to the parts of me that, that everyone sees, which is, yeah, there's, there's vulnerability, mm-hmm. there's exploration, curiosity, yeah. Um, all you're not, those things. You're not trying to be anybody. You're just right. being. But you're the experience of, of vulnerability was a lot different than reading it. <laughs> like, oh my God, yeah. To be like, whoa, there is, this is challenging. Uh, this is uncomfortable, but there's a lot of power in it and that you're releasing, you know, certain things that you may be shameful of. And I think that's kind of the other side of the coin that Brene Brown talks about is like shame and guilt are the other side of vulnerabilities. Like mm. you're holding those in. Um, you're holding on to them and they, they're like toxic for you. Yeah. I think I've seen this, maybe it's a meme going around right now, but every time I read it, it resonates so strongly is what we withhold is poison and what we share is our medicine. So, and that's, I've seen it again and again and again is every time. And I know this is from the first episode that you and I recorded, you shared a lot of the things that you had been using against yourself that were your poison. And as you admitted them to yourself, and then as you shared them, they became your medicine and a source of power. And I just, I love that so much. I think that that for me is why this is so important to share and why six months ago when I feel like I wasn't out, um, as living this, this life or being this person, it was really hard. I felt like it was it was kind of a lie to to other people and i didn't want to withhold that anymore and now sharing it i'm like ah oh, it feels so good and i'm just i'm so grateful to be able to be open like this i know some of the people that we've been communicating with don't they aren't in that position or they haven't you know they haven't gotten to that place yet where they feel comfortable sharing and we all have our own journeys i just for me i know it was, it was really hard to not not be open I've even had these moments on this trip where I'm like posting something of us and I have this hesitation of like, can I do this? Yes, I can do this. And it, yeah, I mean, it's been different. It's been different to be able to share a big part of my life, you know, mm. openly and like, yeah, this is, this is Megan. This is what yeah. we're doing. It's free. <laughs> riding bikes around Netherlands and even, even telling people about it. I, so it's been really hard as people ask us, well, where are you from? And what are you doing? How are you traveling? And <laughs> where, time do you have? yeah, it's like, how much time do you have? Can I tell you in 30 seconds? <laughs> like, so I'm in an open relationship with my husband and my husband and I sold our house 10 months ago. <laughs> We have twins that are four years old. We travel around the world. And this is my boyfriend. <laughs> We've You're been dating. explaining that in the taco place. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think I did it out of order, though, because his face. <laughs> well, my face was on fire from the tacos. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I had recorded that. Holy shit. So we go to this taco place in the Netherlands, of course. So you're thinking like so not, I was like, yeah, like, not spicy. not going to be intense. Or no. Anything. And Kyle orders that he didn't look at the menu at all. It's just like, <laughs> just give me the spiciest thing you have. And so. Yeah. They're like, what kind? Yeah. What level spice? I'm like, yeah, the the. The highest one just like shook it off like yeah yeah bring it on bro so when the guy handed the the tacos to me he's like this is fucking spicy watch out <laughs> well i didn't hear that i love how you're like oh yeah by the way like after i'm like what in the fuck am i eating this shit Oh like the pepper, God. I've never heard of that pepper, whatever they used. You were crying and I was laughing and I couldn't help myself. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you're in pain. <laughs> and the, the guy behind the counter, super nice guy. They were so great. Oh my God. They were like triage. They're like looking out to see me and they were like, when is he going to, when is this going to hit him? <laughs> exactly. So you, you okay? You okay? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I was like, no, no. I need some help. <laughs> I need like sour cream and give me some chocolate milk, which was really sweet. That was very, they said they don't even sell it, that they just keep it yeah, on hand for really. people that order really spicy shit. And then they're like, oh damn, I need some help. <clears throat> then, so that's, that's not the end of the story. So Kyle's like still getting through this spice, his eyes are watering. And then you touch your eye. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh guys, we got a problem. <laughs> Because I recently did that, where I touched my eye after a jalapeno and then Oof. touched other parts of myself that 
were alarming <laughs> oh my God. and uncomfortable. You'd think you'd learn. No, yeah. that's funny. But they were so nice. They had brought them back to the kitchen. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> got to know them a little better. But th- you know what? That's funny because those are those vulnerable moments where it's like, oh, damn, I'm having a rough spot here. But it yeah. was, I think it was one of the most bonding experiences with people from, you know, well, I think he wasn't even from here, but like just yeah. interaction. And it's through right. the stuff that we don't plan. It's through the funny <laughs> moments like that. I still wish I would have recorded it. Next time I'll, <laughs> I'll bring out the camera. <laughs> that's why I do what I do. Mm, I love it. I was not going to back down from that no. challenge. <laughs> <clears throat> ah, but getting back to telling the story, I saw his eyes like get big when I was trying to describe our life in 30 seconds because it's really hard and it's 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 really different. <laughs> We're like, wait, can we break your brain right now? <laughs> Are you ready for this? Um, why did I bring that up? There's another reason about, oh, traveling. Mm. So the fact that you and I don't get to see each other all the time. And we go through these periods of not together for a month or six weeks and then together for a month if we're lucky. Like right now we're on the front end of about a month together, a month of traveling together, which is really amazing because you and I have traveled together in Brazil and Chile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we've had maybe seven days together or ten days together. And now uh, now when we go back to Belgium we will meet up with Marty and my kids, and then uh, and then we go to Spain. We get all together with our, our nice tribe, and then Marty goes Someone's with... birthday. Oh, my up. God, yeah. I'm turning 40. Fuck. The Queen's birthday. Oh, I, I feel fantastic. I'm like, this. if this is going into 40, the 40s are going to rock. It's just amazing. Yeah. So anyway, then Marty goes with his lover for uh, maybe 10 days traveling around. And then you and I will hang out with the kiddos. Yeah, and, so it'll uh, be the four of us for a good amount of yeah, time too. Yeah, it's fun to have different combinations of, of us and people. And yeah, it's really... And I know how grateful I, I feel towards Marty on giving us this time. And I love I love when I get to return that as well. To say, hey, go... Go recharge with your lover. We recharge differently. You know, Marty and I have a life together that is more complicated. We have kids that we're raising. We're parenting. We have the fi- our financial life. We have our whole past 20 years uh, of, of different things. So it's... There's something about the structure that I feel like you have to be more mindful. And for people that don't, that don't experience the structure, it's to me, it just makes you... I mean, we've talked about the communication, but you like you have to there's so many personalities and lives and things going on all at once and like as you said like it's easy when it's me and you here and then we introduce like more people and Mm -hmm. marty and the kids and it just becomes more complex based on numbers and people and dynamics and so those things shift and change and we have to shift and change but at the same time we also have to like I need to do what I need and I have mm-hmm. to express what I need. And I think I'm getting better at that and practicing like, oh, if something's coming up, I want to talk about it yeah. and not just bury it and, and work through it. And I think that's something that like as we add more people, um, that's something that we have to, to do to keep this working. It's oh like gosh, a high yeah. level of not only like expression, <clears throat> tell it, like uh, expressing our own needs and and wants and like but also like yeah what are we feeling um and and how to like we shift and change and some people will do things for other people and we'll watch the kids and, yeah you know. it's i think uh, i think i've shared this before it's just this conversation about needs like what is it that i need in this moment and how i could never honor marty's needs before because i didn't understand my own needs i was totally in denial of them and i just it wasn't a conversation for me so, of course, if I wasn't aware of my own needs, how could I fulfill a partner's needs? And I think this is really helpful now. And I, the facilitator in me wants to, when we get to Spain, be like, okay, guys, we're going to sit down and have this talk. And we're going to draw out these circles. And we're going to say, these are, these are my needs. And I know that these things about me. And these are things that help me get into a state of flow. And a state of flow is just something that's um, where we feel really present and in the moment. And for me, those are things like putting on music and dancing or going for a run, working out, um, sometimes meditating. There are ways for me to get into a really good state. We're doing yoga like we did yesterday. 
And, uh, and then there's other areas where it's like, these things trigger me <laughs> yeah. and knowing that and, and knowing kind of the Venn diagram of, oh my God, we, the, like this thing triggers me and it triggers you. So of course, if we both trigger each other there, that's kind of like a, a danger zone for, um, creating a context for fights to erupt or for something to happen there. So I actually want to do that as a, a little practice Venn diagram. Maybe this will be something that we record and then share with our Patreon members because I think it's a really valuable exercise Yeah. so that we can understand what are the needs, um, what are the things that, that you can do or that I can do to get me in a good state, and then where are my like danger zones? And the more we know about each other, the more we can support the creation of good flow states and then avoid triggers. And then if we have triggers, we can go, oh, yeah, shit, like... This is an area that's really that's really hard. So I can have extra compassion for you, or please have extra compassion for me as I go through this. Well, yeah. is it avoid triggers, or mm. is it more mindful, mindful of them? And then you know we all own our, our trigger, right? Like I think that's something that I've learned. It's not it's not the other person's fault yeah. for triggering me. It's something that that's going on within me. And you know I've always talked about social media, and like I love it and I hate it. <laughs> And, and the weird thing is I love it for the triggers because then, then that provides an opportunity for me to be like, well, why is this thing or this person triggering me? Mm. And usually it's something like I'm not feeling like my value in the world or I'm not like on track for my purpose or I'm not doing the work that inspires me. And then I see someone else doing it and I get triggered. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot of the things that trigger us when we see them in other people I think that they are parts that we judge for ourselves, you know, so I can look at someone and be like, oh, I hate her for doing that. And yeah. then I realize that that's only because I've made up a rule for myself that I'm not allowed to do that or that I judge someone for, for doing that or being like that. When in reality, maybe it's something that I really want to be and I'm not letting myself be. I used to judge women that were just so open and out there and especially on social media and really powerful women that like have amazing messages to share and they stand in their power and they're just like, bam, here's me. Here's what I'm all about. And I would totally judge them. I would be like, ah, oh, just, I could come up with all of these different <laughs> names to call them. <laughs> and uh, in reality, it was only because I wanted to be like them so badly. I wanted to be able to speak my mind. I wanted to be able to put myself out there and just say, here's me, unapologetically me. And, uh, and now I feel like I'm, I'm embracing that side of me. And now I look at the women that are unapolog unapologetically themselves and I'm like, fuck yeah, you go girl. Like just all, it's a very different experience of the women like that. And I think that's, and now I can see kind of my own progression through that, that insecurity, that judgment. And if I had had the framework though, that you just said of, Hey, maybe when I get triggered by someone, maybe there's something there for me that I can investigate and dig down deeper. Maybe I would have gotten through that one a little bit faster. Who knows? Um, I think it's a really interesting thing about life, that projection, that, uh, and judgment. Yeah. And I think triggers are a place to, to like work internally. But if we are communicating like, Hey, I'm triggered, then that, that will avoid any follow on consequences, which is usually like you have a typical mechanism, like a defense mechanism that you use when you're triggered you know, I'll usually shut down or shut off and internalize something mm -hmm. and then it will come out in some other way, uh, negatively. And I think to be able to say in the moment I'm triggered, this is what I'm feeling. It also like helps you work through it, but also communicate to other people like more about you. These are really deep internal things. And mm -hmm. I would imagine most people don't do this because I know I didn't before and I didn't even know really what triggers were. I mean, that was the, the messed up thing. And Marty and I, I think talked about that on our podcast, which was like, you know, back in, back in the day of chronic stress for me, it was, I was really triggered all the time. Mm. Like I'd walk down the street, I'd see a couple together and I would feel triggered because I didn't have a significant other and I was feeling mm. a lack. And, you know, I was, meanwhile, I'm stuck in patterns of pursuing, types of relationships and types of bonds and energies that weren't the best thing for me. And I was triggered because I was like, Kyle, you can do this. You can do something better and you're not doing it. You're not breaking this pattern. I mean, deep down that was it. And I think for me, I see the, the pattern of triggers for me is all around power and value. I think that to me is like the thing. If you ask me what I'm working on right now is like, 
why don't I feel value in certain ways about myself? And where does, you know, maybe not where does that come from? That's a harder one. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be in my therapy sessions <laughs> coming up in November. <laughs> Stay tuned. But I think, yeah, it's like, why, why do I feel that way? Um, yeah, and how can I replace that with something else? And I think a lot of that, which we were talking about earlier, is what what do I value in myself? What do I value in other people? Mm. Instead of feeling that lack of value or demeaning your value or discounting it, which I'm very good at, and I have been very good at, I think, yeah, it's it's just focusing on what what am I, what is valuable that I provide? And when people reflect it back to me, yeah. which I... I get all the time if I'm paying attention. I really am sitting with it now and I'm accepting it if I if I really can. And if it's vulnerability and courage or being able to listen or mm-hmm. having an ability to yeah, reflect and, and see people authentically. You know, people my really good friends have said I have a pure way of looking at the world or a pure way of being and yeah, I think trying to feel that value and really and realize that that value is your is your power and and then I get triggered when I feel like I've lost my power but that's mm. but that's within my control you know yeah. I define power as like the ability to act and that's always your you have some action you can take and sometimes you don't feel that way which is kind of a a triggered state a trade a state of hopelessness and and that happens yeah um and I've been in in that loop as well oh my god You just said so much there. (laughs) Hey, it's Kyle. I wanted to take 60 seconds to tell you more about Amory's mission. One year ago, we started Amory with the intention to bring more love into the world. And now, with listeners in 47 countries, I think we're doing just that. But we want to do more, and we really appreciate your support in, in getting to that goal that we have, which is really to expand and share and normalize polyamory but also improve relationships, however they are in the world. So we're now in the process of creating a documentary. We're writing books. We're active on Instagram, supporting people. Uh, We're creating content on Patreon. There's so many ways that we want to continue to grow and connect with people and build this community. And we'd love your support and for you to be a part of that community. And the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com backslash Podcast and support us there at any level that works for you. We really appreciate you. Now back to the episode. I was waiting for that. So what I just heard there, okay, so much. Sorry, threw You're, a there. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I have seen you grow so much in accepting your own value. And uh, yeah, I see this pure heart. I've, I saw it from the beginning. I saw someone that was so curious and open and capable of love. And you, you didn't see that, I think, in yourself. And over mm. the last two years, I've seen you grow so much like that. And in your investigation of not just value and power, but I think trust as well, and trusting yourself and trusting other people and building that up. What you just said about power really hit me because I think when we externalize our power, which is we disempower ourselves by shifting over the responsibility to someone outside of ourselves. But we can also re-empower ourselves when we go, oh, hey, wait, this is this is me. Like I, for me, I have kind of this um, this phrase that I, I tell myself when I if I realize that I have externalized my power, and I just say to myself, I say, I call I call the I call my power back to me. I call my power back to me, and that could be if I anything from small exchanges, even with my kids. I found I find myself getting disempowered sometimes with with my kids, where I just like I, I don't know I I lose my power to them. They're little four year olds, but man, they know how to push my buttons. And sometimes I just need to have a moment where I'm like, okay, I call my power back to me. (laughs) But it could also be in really big ways where if someone on the concept of value, if we are, we grew up in the society where what we, who we are supposed to be and the values that we're supposed that, that are incorporated into our mainstream culture are usually things outside of ourselves. And we don't, we're not taught the process of going, okay, well, who am I? How do I become self-aware of my own gifts? How do I how do I value myself? How do I see who I am and how I how I support other people and and what lights me up? And because our whole process of education is this externalization 
but really the real power is within. So I think that's the process we've been going through over the last couple of years is kind of this yeah. deep work inside <laughs> and, uh, and then switching around and going, wait a second, like the things I've been told to value, I actually don't value and we all can value different things. I think that's the beautiful, beautiful part. We're yeah, all different. I think, you know, when we, if you're in a room of people or you're, outside in the world there's always a struggle for power no matter where you are there's always like a ebbing and flowing of who's taking power in a certain situation i think there's always <clears throat> there's always that power struggle let's mm. call it and it's easy for you for people to pick enemies or take sides and create like friction or um what's the word i'm looking for more of like a yeah, like a conflict mm -hmm. with someone else over that power. Mm. And I think I have like a small example of I was on the plane and there was a, a stewardess that worked for the airline that was like right away. She was very much like in her power and kind of like dictating and using every little opportunity to like exert her power over other people. And yeah, it was like discipline. Like I felt like I was in a in like a third grade classroom getting disciplined by her. Oh. And what could I do in that situation is like, you know, react to that. You can try to like reassert, you know, you see people, how they will reassert their power and be mm -hmm. like, I paid for this and this is why I'm above your power. Um, or, you know, from my place, it was like, who am I and what am I good at? Like, I'm good at asking questions, mm -hmm. providing that connection. And so when I had a minute with her, which we were like both, I was kind of like standing and she was still kind of like, ordering me around like don't stand in that area like and I was just like God, there's her energy is just like all over the place and I'm like you know trying to have like a real I tried to have like a real personal conversation with her and try to get her to like stop and slow down mm. I mean we we were on this seven hour flight to London and it was like yeah like how's your how's your day going where are you where are you headed and trying to getting her get her out of her head mm. and more like have a human conversation did it work I mean, it was, it slowed her down for a few minutes. I think, you know, that, that was, but that was my effort, right? Yeah. That was my power, which was like, this is who I am. I'm putting my power in the world. People can take it or not. But instead of me reacting further, further creating a tension or conflict, it was, it was my, it was my yeah. action. It was my power to do that. And yeah, we had a, a quick conversation. She was, um, yeah, I think it was difficult to break through, but I did what I what I could do. And yeah. That's it. I love that vision of power. I love that description of power and how personal our power is and how different it is. And your power and yes, is did it work? And it's like it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's is, a good point. Which is the point for me. Yeah, and not creating more resistance because resistance creates resistance. Anything we resist persists. That's the phrase. <laughs> but when we stop resisting and we just kind of um, can accept the moment. I think that's where real power is. And I so believe that real power is something that it's, it's kind of hard to see because we think power looks like force, but I think power looks like presence in the moment. And I, when you were describing that scene, I actually pictured the scene of, um, in the movie Limitless, where the guy takes the drug and for the first time, love movie. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie for so many reasons, but there's that one scene where he takes the drug and then he runs into his neighbor. And I think his neighbor is usually mad at him or they like don't have a good relationship. But in that moment, he sees, he sees her differently. So instead of seeing someone that just is pissed off and hates him. He sees her going through her tests or something that she, he just sees that she's stressed out. So instead of resisting her or fighting her, he's like, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? And of course that's a very different way of interacting. And then it lets her guard down and you have to watch the movie if you haven't seen it, like how that scene ends up, <laughs> ends up <laughs> pretty good for him. Um, but it's, it's a different power. And, and I love that power. I think so much of, this concept of amory and love is that that's really for me the ultimate power i think when i see someone angry um it's really easy to judge or it was really easy for me to judge them before to say well i judge you for your anger and that was partially because i didn't leave room for my own anger i i i shoved that down way early and i was like i may i remember the day i made a decision i will never get angry 
yeah, that didn't work out very well for me. <laughs> like shoved down all that shit and didn't learn how to process anger. Anger is an emotion, just like joy and sadness. And there's no need to deny anger. I think it's just how we culturally relate to it. And when you see somebody that's angry, it's really easy to resist that anger um, because we're like, oh, you shouldn't be angry. But really that anger is an expression of something. And if we can create a space of love and compassion to say, well, okay, I know you're angry. What's going on? And we can listen. That anger diffuses much quicker than if we just resisted that anger. And I just, I see that in kids and in adults. I see that with myself too. Um, now when I actually allow myself to get angry, it's like, oh yeah, I'm actually angry about this. And, and then either I listen, you know, I release that myself or I have someone around me that can hold that space for me and then vice versa. My power, and just like you described your power is asking questions. I think part of my power is really sitting, just like sitting with people and being like being able to receive that anger, but not, I don't take it on personally, but I can hear it, I can let it go, and then diffuse the situation. But anybody that would look at it from the outside perspective would be like, well, no, she's not powerful. Like that's, she's not using force. It's like, no, no, there's a different, there's a different (laughs) power there. (laughs) But that took me a long time. I'm almost 40 and I'm just now recognizing that part of myself, that that's actually powerful. Yeah. And I was thinking about the, the, maybe the last topic we were talking about, which is the past. And and how we both feel, and I feel more and more all the time that the past is changing, and I'm rewriting my story in that way, and that's kind of what I've been working on, which is the healing project and Mm -hmm. something that connects to me and my story, but also re-empowers me in, in all the things that I've experienced from trauma and childhood, you know, whether I want to call it stress, depression, anxiety, um, disconnection from others and really struggling with my own expression, my own connection to others, um, love, loving Mm -hmm. and feeling loved, um, being, being so inside my head and feeling like my thoughts were out of control. I could go on and on, but I think taking all of those experiences instead of being shameful of them or running from them, um, and disconnecting myself from my my own story, I think it's been more of a re-empowerment and reconnection to the past. And there's like things that I found along the way, like forgiveness, and I've learned more about myself. And I've been, you know, I saw a neuropsychologist, and we talked about ADHD is something that I probably had most of my life, and I didn't didn't realize. And you know, you can. You can quickly take that and be like, oh, I'm a victim and I'm, I can mm. play this card. Um, or you can say, you know, I can now change my life in a way that fits better for me. And I think mm. those are the things that I can control again and, and looking at like, this is how I work. And I, I want to do meaningful, deeper work, uh, take my time in it and not be in this rushed environment where I'm stressed and I'm very like focused on a deadline and an out and like a very fast and clear outcome. I think those are things that I've intuitively felt weren't working for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in this evolution of trying to find <clears throat> my value, but also like, how do I create that value and and making sure that it fits with who I am and, my talents and then the things that my, you know, call them deficits, things that I'm not as good at, which is my speed. Um, but it's also, I think like my strength Mm -hmm. because I, I like to take time and think about something. Like I, we were watching, uh, a Netflix show last night and I was still thinking about something five, 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, there's something about that, that I think needs more attention, more, more light, more Mm -hmm. thought. And, you know, maybe that's, that's where my value is, which is taking a topic, going deeper, um, thinking about trauma, which is what I'm thinking about, and, and healing modalities and asking questions about why don't we have a more intentional practice in our daily life around healing. And, mm. you know, we're all about performance and optimization and um, biohacking, and, and we're quick to do these things, but we're not quick to say, Today, I'm going to heal my body. Mm. I'm going to work on my breath and oxygenation of my body. I'm going to, 
you know, stretch my body so I feel good. Um, when I wake up, I think that's what I'm hoping for is my, my body feels good. Mm-hmm. And whether it's stronger or faster um, or bigger is less important, especially as I get you know, older and I, I want to be able to be functional, mm-hmm. not just a sexy piece of ass, <laughs> which is good. Which is good. It's, it's an outcome that yeah. you may find on the way, but I'm not speaking you do for have, myself. You but. do have a nice ass. <laughs> someone, someone wrote that when I was 17. So that's, mm-hmm. that was a cool talk it's about it. 35. That some parts of the past it. don't change. That's, <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, no, you've done incredible work on this, this trauma and healing path. And, uh, and thank you for your support. For, oh yeah, this has been an enlightening few days. I, I would love to look back at this and and laugh because I feel like a few days ago I was like I was blocked and I was looking at this overwhelming thing of like what do I want to do with my life? What is my value? What <laughs> is my purpose question. in the universe? And and then I went through this exercise with you and I wrote stuff on the wall and we kind of walked through like what is healing? What is trauma? What's your story? What are the patterns we're seeing? And yeah, there, there's like all these different things that are coming out of me. And you saw passion and mm-hmm. anger last night about things I experienced in the mental health system and with doctors. And I have, I have this anger um, for, for the medical system in a lot of ways. And I want to work through that. I don't mm-hmm. want it to be something that I, I hang on to. And it's not a, it's not a creative uh, energy that I think is, is useful. It, it'll, it, it has this short-term burst, but I don't think it will create something better in the universe. It'll react mm-hmm. to something that I don't like. Yeah. But it's, it's something to get out mm-hmm. to just like sadness or joy is something that is something just your, learn. yeah, like you're experiencing. So what we did yeah. here, a couple things. I want to thank Marty because it's Marty's process with the <laughs> post-it notes. Marty, uh, teaches people, how to put their story together so that it can be shared with the world. And he's so good at it. And I've seen him do this with entrepreneurs. Does he have anything on Patreon of walking people through uh, this? He has a website. He has a website okay, right. and it's living beyond default. That. Let me, I'll put, I'll put the link in the show notes, Li- living beyond default. And, uh, and he, I've seen him do this again and again and again with entrepreneurs because people have so much in their head and it makes sense to them, but it's not in story format. It's not in a really, translatable way for people to understand. And I think so, it's even bigger than entrepreneurs. Right? Oh yeah. It's no, like, it's what like is your value? Anyone. Like what are, yeah. How do you align like what you're good at, what you're interested in with what you're, what you're doing. And, and I think some people can spend an hour a day, you know, playing the guitar and, and that's really fulfilling in like what they find curious and valuable and interesting. And that's like, it's more about finding and discovering those things. Yeah. It's like finding, finding your purpose. I think all of us have so many life experiences, um, but they're all jumbled together in a way that's even hard for us to understand it. So what we did together was what I've seen Marty do again and again. And that's, uh, put it, I won't, I won't share the process (laughs) because that's Marty's (laughs) process, but it ended up with us having a whole bunch of post-it notes on, on the wall. And that those Which cleared notes, a lot of things up for me. Yeah, like it got you out of your head. It put it put some of the big concepts into smaller phrases. Like you have to verbalize what's in there. I helped kind of refine a little bit some of the things. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I saw you have this light bulb moment of like, oh God, I don't have to take it all on. It's just yeah. now the story makes more sense. It's like what's valuable? What can I? do right now. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's into a smaller chunk. That's, that seems, and now and I was already doing, you know, the thing that I'm now focused on. Exactly. You're, yeah. you've been re-empowered through the process. That's what I saw. Yes. And I'm excited for you because I, I can see the bigger vision. And at the same time, I also know that everything that we do in life happens just step by step by step. And we may not know exactly where it's, where it's going, but I'm excited for you. And that's another reason why I'm excited to get to Chicago in December and start sharing some of these things with people in person. Can so. you talk more about your vision for Chicago? Cause oh, I'm yeah. excited about that. And I, I think that'd be cool to share with everyone. So in Chicago, we're going to be doing a week, a week's worth of presentations, talks, panel discussions in different locations in December, in December, first week of December. So at some point this will be not relevant because it will be after December if people listen to this. Um, but it's, I think it's the next step in our journey of how do we put this together? Everything that we've learned for people 
in a way that can be really, really helpful. And I see all three of our stories overlapping in such an incredible way. I think when we recorded our Amory shorts about what is Amory to us, that was really helpful for me, for you and for Marty, I think, Mm -hmm. because we start to see where, as you say, our stories interweave together and, and then our, our points of expert, uh, expertise and how we can do that. And for, yeah, for me, points of inquiry. yeah, but yeah, the questions that we have that are just burning inside of us. And for me, I know it's definitely related to relationships and how relationships are learning vehicles. And if, if that's one belief that I could transmit to society, um, I think it would shift the way that we view our relationships. So instead of viewing them as things to have or to own or to, blame (laughs) it would be wow this person in front of me who i've chosen to give my time and energy and attention and love to is also a learning vehicle for me i can learn where i'm triggered i can learn how to get through those insecurities i can learn how to open up and trust and love more i can learn all these things and i think all relationships they don't last forever i don't i don't think that's the purpose I just, these... I just realized minimalism, it just hit me that minimalism is a structure of relationships, right? To things. And you're yeah. simplifying your relationship structure to things. So we are in... To allow for other things. Totally. Other, we other... are in relationship <laughs> to everything in our life. We're in relationship to people. We're in relationship to things. Yeah. Like minimalism is um, a healthy relationship to things. Like my house was so noisy before we sold it. It was like everything I looked at was like screaming at me. It was either something that needed to be fixed, something I needed to do, something that I didn't need or didn't want anymore, but didn't know what to do with. And it was just like everything I was relating to around me was disempowering. It was like noisy. And then as now we travel out of four suitcases and my, my life, like my relationship to things, it's so calm and quiet and it's totally different, (laughs) but it's the same thing too, that we can be in relationship to concepts or ideas there's so much that we exist our i think our identity exists in the way that we relate to things <laughs> yeah oh yeah we can oh god that's a whole other topic yeah. but for me that's the part that lights me up because i'm starting to see that we can learn through how we are relating and that is something that we can empower ourselves with because it's a story that we tell ourselves about a thing about a person about a situation and those stories can be changed if we allow them to, and that's a root belief. <laughs> if anybody doesn't have the root belief that we can change, that's that's like the number one. I think I just saw for people that are probably trying to like wrap their head around the three of us. It's like the healing project is to me a journey back to the self, like back to yourself, um, who you are, and your authentic self. And then Marty is working on um, self mastery. So once you find or you're searching for your authentic self, it is, what do you want to be? What is that value? Mm -hmm. How do you want to become really good at it? You want to find your gift and you want to develop it. And then you want to apply it in a way that benefits you and others in the world. And that, that journey of mastery, I Mm -hmm. think is really flow. flow. How do you get into flow flow, states of flow? How can we create a more sustainable world? It's not about saving the world. It's about um, personal mastery one step at a time. And by creating a sustainable life, then the world will be more sustainable. I mean, he, he can talk more about that next yeah. time. And then there's yeah. you, which mm-hmm. is the relationships to everything else in our life, ourself, but as you know, our, our loving relationships, our relationships to things and how all of that plays a part in our own, our own energy, our own thoughts and emotions and how we feel, how yeah. we, what we, yeah, what we interact with and what we have space for and time for. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Good summary. Good summary. So that's why I'm excited because I think it's the next evolution of this, of Amory, of, of what we're doing here together is figuring out how can we use our skills and strengths and support other people that might be going through similar challenges. Um, So you're watching this journey as much as we are. (laughs) This is unfolding. I think it's going to be really interesting where we are in a year. Oh my gosh. Six months. Can't even imagine. That's the best part. Is but something's beginning. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's really it's really fun. We're in the process. I have to say, for those of you that don't know Kyle and I personally, <laughs> this is how we talk normally. Like this is this is the shit we've been talking We're about. We're gonna for, record more of this for stuff. four days. <laughs> Every time for the last four days we've been like, damn it, we should have recorded that. And because we'll get into these conversations when we're 
in bed or at the restaurant and like we're places that are a little bit louder. And even if we did record, it would be hard to, to communicate. But this is this is how we talk. We just we cannot. I laugh at us because we can't help ourselves but to get into this type of conversation. This is this is our, this is our relationship. <laughs> this is a need I have. And this is why we call our call each other learning partners, because every time we get together, it's like, OK, well, what are you learning? What are you working on? And then we support each other and we just get into these amazing conversations. And uh, I find extra, for me, I find extra power being next to you physically because there's some energy that we have together. It's like our sexual chemistry, our our loving bonds, like whatever it is, is an extra boost mm -hmm. to the intellectual side that we're that we like to explore together. And that's why I've appreciated this little room that we have to leave in about 15 minutes because it's been a nice cocoon. Like it it's just a it bed really and a little table and a sink and shower. And we're looking out now to a sunny apple tree. And it's it's been this little cocoon of four days of learning and growth together. And uh, yeah, I've appreciated all parts. And reconnection. <laughs> yeah, and reconnection. The physical reconnection is really, 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 really... Oh, and he just put his hand across to reach for my hand. <laughs> You're so sweet. I love you. This love has you been too. a really incredible four days. One of the reasons I love recording these podcasts is that, yeah, we love to share, but these are also um, moments in time. It's like capturing time in a capsule that we then can go back and listen to. And I've listened to the our other episode that we recorded before you went to Germany, I don't know, back in August. And I like I listened to it because I wanted to reconnect with you like that. It seems think, like it was a year ago. I know, doesn't it? It's yeah. ridiculous. So much, so much happens. Ah, but for those of you listening, thank you for joining us on this journey, and we hope that some of the pieces that we shared today are are helpful in your journey as well. Next stop is Belgium, yeah, and then Spain. Woo woo! I'm ready for 80 degrees. Oh my god. Yes. That is one thing for sure I've realized in all these travels is I'm not a fan of cold weather and uh, no. rainy cold weather especially. And that's that's this temperature right now. <laughs> thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Amory. We'd love to have the conversation continue with you. So to do that, just hit subscribe and you'll be notified of future episodes. Also, you can join us on Instagram at Amory Podcast. And if you want to join kind of our inner circle, check out our Patreon page. That's a way for members to join us in more in-depth conversations and get a lot more resources that we're putting together. So lots of ways to stay involved in the conversation. But mainly, we're just really happy that you've joined us here and that you're conscious and that you are looking to create more love for yourself, more love in the world and that you're learning and, you know, got to put a little extra plug in there, sharing it, <laughs> sharing it with your friends to pass along the word. Thanks so much. Join us next time.